So you check out our online store where we work with our graphic designer to create stunning garment and product designs that feature a wide variety of aircraft types such as British fighters, World War II aircraft, American bombers, Russian fighters and much more. You can pick your favourite designs and personalise any items within our Redbubble store that range from clothing right the way through to stationery. All of our designs feature our logo so you can show your support for the channel while getting a quality product. You can head to our website aircrewinterview.tv and click store or go to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash AC interview. Thank you and enjoy. Yeah, and I think you're an amazing role model as well, Cabo. And this is, um, is a nice segue into the next part. So, yeah, talk us through how you became the demo pilot for the F-22 team. So there, there are four demonstration teams, uh, single ship demonstration teams. We have, you know, we have Thunderbirds in the Air Force, with the Blue Angels, just like the Red Arrows. You know, their uh, teams and their their airplanes are all painted up, and they're pretty looking. And they do air show routines, which is which is great. And they do a lot more air show stuff than we do. Um, but there are four single ship demo teams out there in the Air Force. We have F twenty two, obviously, A ten, F sixteen, and then F thirty five. And all of our teams are are structured very similar ways. Um, and our job is to just kind of showcase the combat aspect of the F-22 uh, and the teamwork obviously required to, to put these airplanes in the skies. So for that to be one of the pilots, you have to be an instructor pilot first. So you have to have gone through those upgrades, have the, the requisite experience to be uh, teaching and ex mm -hmm. you know experienced in that, in that capacity. And then from there, every two years, the job becomes available and we send an email out. I'm actually going to send the email out in, in probably a couple of weeks to yeah. uh, all the other squadrons in the community and say, hey, who's interested in, in doing this for 2023, 2024? Um, and once they meet those, those, uh, prerequisites, then we'll go through the records and figure out who, you know, who do we think is the best fit for this job. We'll bring the top applicants out to Virginia, interview them. And then from there, uh, we'll make a selection, uh, probably sometime in March. We'll see. Um, and, uh, but that's kind of the process. You know, I, I was an instructor pilot. I was teaching for about two and a half years before I got picked up for this job and, um, then applied, did the interviews. And, uh, and from there they, they, thought I was the right fit for it. You know, the flying piece is maybe 10 to 20% of this job. You know, it's the, it's the dangerous piece, right? It's the, it's the part that will kill me. Um, but, um, but it's not the most important part by any means. Um, leading the team of people and doing all the community outreach and engagement things, that's probably the most important stuff about this job. And they want to find a person that's the right fit for it. You know, there are some people that are incredibly brilliant, gifted aviators, but you put them in a room full of people and they can't, they can't hold a conversation because they're just not like, that's not how they're wired, you know? And, we can't have that as a person, uh, you know, representing the Air Force and the F-22 community. So they want to find the right fit for it. Um, and also, you know, find something that has a compelling story, you know, and, and, and that's really important too, because how many, we look at that when we hire people for the team, like we hire people every year for the team and, um, we swap out, we swap out about half the, um, the team every year, um, on that kind of two-year rotation. Mm -hmm. So I look at that and I say, okay, well, if we get the names from the, their leadership, they are competent, qualified people, but we need to find somebody that's going to represent the Air Force really well and also have a compelling story that's like, here's my story, here's my background. And if that resonates with people, if that resonates with one little kid out there, that one yeah. little kid's life has changed forever, then we've done our job. Exactly. You know, So I try to find that. And you know, for me, I think some of the things they probably looked at were the fact that you know, my family, uh, majority of my family came from Cuba back in the 60s. They moved here when communism took over in Cuba and they were like, we're not sticking around for this, we're out. So they, they picked up and literally moved absolutely nothing, just right. the family members. Um, 
and started over uh, again in the states and have done really well for themselves, which is awesome. Um, so I think that that you know that story, that whole background, probably is, is probably something. Uh, when I grew up, I spoke English and Spanish in the house, and I'm still bilingual, you know, in Spanish. So having that ability to reach out to audiences, and, and we've done plenty of school visits, plenty of you know Zoom calls or Skype or whatever it is in Spanish as well. Um, so being able to reach out to different audiences and and show you know different group of people like, hey, this is possible. You know, these, all these things, whatever goals you have in life are possible. Uh, it's just a matter of of having the right goal, the thing that makes you excited, the things that that drive you, and then. Uh, going after those goals, regardless of whatever hurdles are in your way, because ultimately, you know, people and things are going to be hurdles in everybody's life. It doesn't really matter what what pursuit you you want or have. Um, it doesn't matter. There are going to be things in your way, all the, for every single person. So, um, being able to like reach different audiences and groups, and and through the the team of fourteen people that we have, find different people from different backgrounds to share, you know, share those stories and resonate with different groups is is really important. Um, just to help provide that kind of hope and that incentive and that drive. Yeah, because like you say, like yeah, I think your story would resonate with people because obviously people think with fighter pilots, maybe engineers, it's like almost like an impossible goal. But if you go out and then you know interact with the public, it's like no, it's, it is possible. You can come from anywhere and you can achieve things. So I think that's great. Yeah, and I mean another thing too is you know our, um, my parents got divorced when I was two, and my mom would take me to air shows every year as a single parent. You know, and I go there, and I've always wanted to fly jets when I was uh, when I was twelve or eleven years old. I went to the show in my hometown of Tampa, Florida, and I met the F-15C demo pilot um, at the time. He's basically the same job I'm doing right now, but in the F-15 uh, back in 98. And um, I meet him and take a picture with him, don't think anything of it. And then 12 years later, he's one of my instructor pilots in the F-15 school. <laughs> That's amazing. Right? Small world. I see this guy. Yeah. I'm like, he looks really familiar. I can't I can't put my like finger on where I've met him yeah. before, but um, he looks familiar. And then I saw his, his helmet bag. And it had a, a demo team patch on it. I was like, "There is absolutely no way this is the guy." <laughs> so I called him up, you know, and um, and I was like, "Hey, can you send that picture uh, from the air show back then?" And sure enough, it's the same guy. So we actually, I mean, we send, we still text and call and, and talk, catch up all the time. He actually sent me. He lives in Hawaii, so really tough life. Wow. Uh, he sent me some some great Hawaiian coffees. Like, hey, congrats on the end of the season, you know. Like, um, so I talk with him, and, and we uh, we keep up all the time, which is which is great, you know, and. I think that's another thing too is like the impact that air shows have on, on kids is really okay. undervalued by a lot of people. Yeah. And um, it, it, one of the things is that it's uh, it's not quantifiable. You know, there's no metric, there's no spreadsheet that's going to turn cool. green or, you know, people are going to say, oh, well, here's a return on investment of air shows. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to quantify that. Yeah, but if you have somebody like myself who saw an air show as a kid, was inspired to continue pursuing aviation, pursued aviation, got now to where the point where I'm, I'm actually a demo pilot, mm-hmm. that story is really compelling too because it gives people a, a visible pathway to achieving their goals um, through hard work and dedication and, and all those things. So um, I think that's probably another reason why they, they chose me for it. Um, yeah, so I think, like I said, it just kind of comes down to you have to be qualified, you have to be the right person, and have a compelling story. And if you can do those three things, you have a really competitive chance of being the demo pilot. Yeah, so like who comes up with uh, the display routine? Is it yourself or is it other pilots? Is it like the engineers? Who Does everyone get a say or is it all down to you? No, it's down to the – so the, the initial demonstration was designed by the, uh, the test pilots, um, and they looked at all the all the, you know – all the parameters of the airplane, what it's capable of doing, and, and what what maneuvers would showcase the maneuverability and the capabilities of it of the airplane. Right. And they also run through a lot of failure modes, so that you know we um, 
when we do air shows, we make it as safe as possible. I want I want to show the airplane off, but I also want to do it safely because I don't want to have obviously an incident, nor do I want to have you know somebody go to an air show with their family and the kids see this and all of a sudden something terrible happens and they're like they walk away with that memory. They're like, holy mm-hmm. cow, this is terrible. I hate yeah. aviation. You know, like that's <laughs> we <bad>. don't want that. <laughs> um, and you can I mean you can Google plenty of examples of that all around the globe, and that's terrible. You know, and people yes. people don't forget that stuff. So. Um, the flight test engineers, the test pilots have done an amazing job of going through and, and modeling everything we do and the parameters and making sure that even if things fail in the demonstration, like it's recoverable and I can save the airplane and get it on the ground safely. And, you know, airplanes break. It's, you know, I always look at, um, go back to cars examples. You know, if I get a, if I get a, a sensible, you know, four door sedan, it's probably not going to break very often. It's probably going to be reliable, probably going to yeah. work properly. If I'm going to take an F1 race car out, it's probably going to break a lot because I'm <laughs> pushing it to the limits. You know, like there's a reason they have pit crews. And they, those pit crews are working really hard because these are high performance machines. Uh, so in the demonstration, I'm, I'm pushing the airplane to you know to its limits in, in some regards, and um, and it's going to break. And that's that's part of the game. So we want to make sure that we mitigate as many risks as possible to keep the airplane safe, myself safe, and the team safe, and and make the experience enjoyable for for the crowds out there. Um, Thankfully, knock on wood, I haven't had you know many. I haven't had many issues at all in the airplane, uh, which has been great. But um, they look at that stuff, and then each pilot uh, will kind of modify things slightly. Nothing dramatic, but slightly. And you know, if you were to play a video of you know a previous demo pilot, I could probably tell you who it was by just watching how they flew, uh, right. based on their the subtle like you know repositions and how they do things a little differently. Like I've watched I've watched enough tape now where I'm like I, I can tell you who that is. Um, just based on watching them fly. And that's just the subtle differences that we kind of impart on it as a, as a demo pilot. Um, there are things, you know, the demo profile has been relatively unchanged for, uh, for years now. So okay. I'm actually working with a test pilots right now to kind of maybe change a couple things, uh, to kind of freshen it up a little bit, which would be cool. Um, and that's, that's kind of my goal is to, I don't, I don't want to really change it dramatically because I think the demonstration itself is really good. It showcases a lot of the amazing things in the Raptor, but, um, I do think it's probably about time to, to change up a couple of things and, and just keep it a little bit fresher for the audience that have been seeing this routine for a while. Yeah, because I, I interviewed uh, Rain, who was the F-16 demo pilot, and I was asking the same kind of question. And he said the U.S. Air Force tend to stick to the same routine, whereas like uh, the REF Typhoon, they change it up every year. But I, I, So I was, I was a bit shocked when he first said that. I thought you could change it up every year, but it seems like you're kind of stuck to a certain pattern uh maneuver what maneuvers you can fly but yeah so hopefully in the next couple of years we'll see something different or something change that'd be great yeah yeah we'll, we'll keep working on it but like i said it goes we're gonna still default to the engineers and make sure that all the modeling is done properly yeah. and all the failure modes are done properly so um you know if, if i if i do a simple airline roll or two airline rolls or whatever like it's not it's not cosmic right but if i'm gonna yeah. do the high alpha high angle of attack crazy stuff with the f-22 like we want to make sure that in those regimes the airplane is safe you know absolutely um, the other stuff is the other stuff isn't isn't a big deal but the, those those maneuvers that are like the i didn't think airplanes could do that maneuvers like that that's mm-hmm. the stuff we want to make sure that we we test properly of course yeah so do you have a favorite maneuver you've flown over the years yeah it's 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 not the most complicated uh maneuver it's we call it the dedication pass it's yes. basically this low arcing pass in front of the crowd, and uh, the reason we do that is for all the men and women who have served in the military, who have, you know paid the ultimate price, uh, and not just them, but also their families. You know, because we when we when we lose somebody, we don't just lose them. You know, their families lost them. Their families continue to pay that burden of sacrifice. Uh, you know, and whether it's 
you know, whether it's the holidays we have here in the States or in the UK or in, in Australia or across, across the globe, mm-hmm. you know, communities, um, give a lot of respect to the, the people that have sacrificed their lives for their defending their, their culture and their way of life. So that's, that's my favorite maneuver hands down. Um, it you know we and everything we do in the in the demonstration one of the changes that i made when i took over on the team was we try to get everything down to like the second we're trying to get very precise where like the music the maneuver the narration everything is done by clockwork um and um and that way like i said uh, it's a demonstration right it's a performance and when i look at performances when i go to theater or i listen to you know concerts like there, there are those moments that just stand out in your brain you want you walk away with those you'll never forget them and I want the same thing to happen for the audiences that are at air shows. So when, when we do the dedication pass, for example, <clears throat> we play a song that was specifically written for uh, members who have, have passed away, and Amazing. and you know the kind of the chorus kind of or the song kind of dies off, and the chorus jumps in really hard, like the jet banks up at the right time, yeah. and all those things, you know, because I want them to just walk away like, holy cow, that was incredible, uh, and that's what I want them to walk away with. So that's why I like that maneuver a lot, just for the meaning of it. Absolutely. And I was lucky enough to see you in Singapore last year. And uh, Oh, great. Yeah, it was amazing. It was on Saturday because my parents live over there. And my favorite uh, uh, maneuvers were your last two maneuvers where you kind of let me see on my phone. I'm going to get rinsed by my uh, followers. So you, <laughs> you come in and then you do that like a kind of and then you break like that. Yep. And then you yeah, come back and then uh, I was listening to the commentator and he was I think it's called I, Forget, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, it's spiffish. And then you do like the hard bank and then you're like off. Oh, that was amazing because it yeah. was so loud and it was like my belly was going. I was like, this is amazing. So I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> That's always the crowd favorite, you know, because it's, it's the jet just slides right in front of you. Yeah. Uh, you see the afterburners and you can just, you can feel it in your chest and you're like, holy cow, that's awesome. Yeah. So, like, how, what did you feel about Singapore and flying over there? Because that was a great, uh, was it a three or four day event? Yeah, Singapore was great. It was um, it was uh, interesting because that was right when COVID was kind of making yes, the news. Yes, it was just states. kicking in, wasn't it? Yeah, and they had a bunch of sponsors pull out of that show, and we were, you know, oh. we had already in December we had already gotten our schedule for twenty twenty or twenty twenty, um, and Singapore's kicking off the season. We're like, this is going to be an awesome way to start the season. It's going to be incredible. Yeah, and then COVID started, you know, uh, materializing. Um, and then we got the news like, you know, hey, I think it was like Boeing and Airbus and Lockheed Martin and all these big contractors were pulling out of their, their booths yeah, and vendors and yeah. the crowd count was and we're like, oh, this is this is this isn't great. Uh, but we went still. We landed, um, got to the airport and I get an email on my work phone. that's like, hey, when do you guys leave for Singapore? Because this COVID thing seems like it may be a real thing. And we have to keep you back here in the States. And <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> I really picked the phone and called. I was like. Hey guys, we're we're in Singapore. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they were like, "Well, I guess if you're there, you just just fly." I guess like, all right, cool. So um, yeah, that was that was a uh, great. Um, and they they hadn't really like started locking things down yet, so uh, there were some like measures that were taking place in Singapore, yeah. but it wasn't anything drastic yet. So we still got to go out there and have amazing food. I met up with actually some Aussie friends of mine who were there. Nice. Um, they were uh, laying. They were um, Qantas pilots, and they were laying over uh, cafe in Qantas. And another guy flies Emirates. Uh, they all happened to be there in, in Singapore at the time, so we all got to meet up and um, grab food and drinks on stuff. And it was just great to catch up with them. And uh, I mean, Singapore's gorgeous. That was the first time I'd have been there, and um, really, pr- uh, really pretty area. You know, especially flying over it was gorgeous. Absolutely, yeah. 
So yeah, how how do you sum up your time flying the F twenty two demo? I mean, like interacting with the public's probably I'm guessing the best thing because that must be amazing for you signing autographs, inspiring young people. Yeah, I think that's the 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 thing that I'll walk away from this job with after next year is going to be that you know it's going to be it's kind of twofold. It's one is having a small team of, of maintainers and support that go along with us to shows. We travel with ten people total. Um, to each show and they're like it's like a small family you know we get oh, yeah. to travel with them and it's incredible you know i absolutely love that um and love the, the close-knit community that we have with the team so i will i will definitely walk away and, and cherish those people and those experiences those times more than anything else uh in terms of the team dynamic and then the yeah. greater context dynamic will be um yeah going to schools and talking to kids and and I'm I'm not a huge fan of social media. Uh, I have an Instagram account now, and I don't I don't really have any any social media than Instagram. Um, but I I love the ability for young kids around the globe to just do, you know direct message me and ask me questions, and I can immediately give them the feedback, or give them the answer, or, or try to find the answer for them. So yeah, that interaction uh, is is huge. Um, so I, I like that ability of this job is to be able to, be able to do that. Uh, you know, there are obviously a bunch of other perks like traveling and seeing cool places and meeting great people like. Um, you know, those are all great things, but like when you see uh, little kids eyes light up and, and realize that whatever, whatever goal they want, and, and I'm definitely, our, our primary job in the demo team is to recruit, right? It's to try to bring people in the air force. Yeah. Um, and it may seem, seem counterintuitive or may seem contradictory, but, uh, I, I honestly don't care if anybody joins the air force. Um, and I, I say that sincerely and I don't mean that, uh, to slight it or to, to be cheeky about it. I, I say that because. It's like, I want people to find whatever makes them happy. And I want to go after those goals. And I just want to use the airplane and the air force as a conduit to show. Inspiration, like, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and if, if people want to join the air force, the, the armed services is a great opportunity for a lot of people. It provides education, provides experience, provides travel, it provides great friends. Like all these things are huge benefits to the armed services. Um, and I, and I explain those things to them, but at the end of the day, they don't want to join the military. They want to become whatever they want to become. I just want them to do that. So when I see little kids' eyes light up and, and make that connection, they make the connection that I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Um, that to me is like, you can't put a price on that. Um, and, and that that's definitely the world I'll walk away with, you know, from this job and, and just look back on. And I truly think, you know, until I do something else that's better, which I highly doubt will, you know, like I, <laughs> very I, much so. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think this was probably the best job I've ever had in my life. Awesome. Well, uh, Cabo, I've got a couple of questions from our patrons and then a couple of personal ones for me to wrap up if you're happy with that. So this is from Joe and he says, So Cabo, what does the F-22, uh, F-22 do better than the F-35? Air to air. So, I mean, in terms of maneuverability, speed, performance, carries more weapons, all those things, I think the airplane is just better suited for an air to air mission. Um and the F-35 is better air to ground. That's what, you know, it's kind of designed that way. And if you look at the, uh, the F-15, F-16 example, similar, you know, very synonymous where the F-15 was designed for air to air combat. The F-16 was designed for air to ground combat. Um, at least, well, it's, it, it morphed into that. It wasn't designed uh, by John Boyd as that initially, but, uh, morphed into an air to ground platform. Um, so I kind of look at it that way. The F-22 is more capable and more optimized for air to air. F-35 is more of a multi-role, primarily air-to-ground fighter. Brilliant. So hopefully that answered your question there, Joe. And this is from Noel. Uh, can Cabo comment on whether the F-22 demo maneuvers are just airshow maneuvers or do they actually use them tactically uh, in BFM? 
yeah, so uh, BFM, basic fire maneuvers, dogfighting. Um, everything we do in the show, uh, I would use in dogfighting. You know, I, the and I'll say that, uh, and I'll make sure I qualify it appropriately. Uh, the maneuvers we do in the air show are very specific with air speeds, with altitudes, with parameters. Because, like I mentioned before in the in the chat, is that we do it very specifically to make sure it's safe and repeatable and all those things. Yeah. Um, in terms of the maneuver itself, like I'm going to use the pedal turn, I'm going to use the half loop, I'm going to use the slow speed, I'm going to use the high speed, I'm going to use all those things in a either training or combat scenario. It may look a little different because you know I'm not. I'm not following a script in, in training yeah. or combat, um, but the maneuvers nonetheless are the same. And the last one from Noel is, not sure if you're going to be able to answer on this one, uh, are there plans of getting a helmet-mounted sight for the F-22, and does he think this is a major limiting factor when engaging in BFM with helmet-mounted sight equipment adversary aircraft? Um, so they've done testing with, F with helmets uh, in F-22, and they've actually flown with them. Uh, in the F-22 uh, repeatedly test division. So it really comes down to uh, a cost thing. You know, what what do we think is more important? What do you think is going to be uh, a better return on our investment uh, funds? And there are a lot of things that are out there right now that we can't really talk about uh, that are pretty incredible. And one of the things, you know, about the F-22 is that we don't hang anything on the outside. So if something changes in the airplane, it's almost imperceptible because you can't yeah. see the hardware in, in the airplane. So, um, so there are a lot of things that, are, that have been changed and updated and things that will continue to change and update uh, as we go forward. So that's where they've elected to put their money in terms of upgrades and having flown with a helmet for three years in the EWL, uh, I absolutely love a helmet. Uh, I absolutely wish we had one, but uh, at the same time, like there are some things uh, that I think would be more beneficial um, than just, just a helmet. Um, so like I said, I, I would love one, right. But we're not, we don't live in the, we don't live in the land of infinite money. So, um, <laughs> You know, um, if if that were the case, I'd love to have one. But uh, if it came down to that or the other things they're working on right now, I'd, I'd probably, you know, I'd defer to those things uh, instead. In terms of fighting people with helmets, um, <clears throat> you know, it's it goes back to the discussion of, like, how does an F-22 fare against a Typhoon or whatever? Um, it's still going to come down to the pilot that's flying and operating the airplane, you know, because you still have to cue the, you still have to cue the thing, yeah. the weapon, and you're still pulling Gs, you're still maneuvering, you're still doing all those things. And the F-22 is very maneuverable. I've, I've fought with plenty of people that have helmets and done just fine without a helmet. Because um, I mean, the helmet's not the only way you can cue the weapons. You can cue weapons with other ways as well. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah, the helmet's great, but um, I wish I had one. But I don't, I don't ever go to a fight, you know, in a visual fight, assuming like I'm not going to win because I don't have a helmet. Well, thanks for answering our patrons' questions. Yeah. So just a couple of personal ones for me to wrap up, Cabo. So um, do you have any hobbies? Uh, I do, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I like to work out, run, bike, um, uh, cooking, love cooking. Um, it's great to, you know, get people together. And cool. uh, so, yeah, I mean, we just had Thanksgiving. Um, we had a bunch of family together and like 15 folks together and, and we're cooking and having a great time. And it's just, it's just a conduit. It's a way to uh, bring people together and, and, and talk and discuss life and, and those things. So to me, that's just a, a way to do that. And I, I enjoy that. I enjoy working hard to provide for other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. This could be a tough one, Cabo. Favorite aircraft you've flown so far? That's <laughs> 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 not just tough. That's impossible. They all have their... Uh, they all have their, their benefits, you know, and, 
I'd say for like the pure joy of flying, I think gliders are probably the best. Um, just because there's nothing complex about them. It's just, a, yeah. it's just an airfoil, you know, and, and you get to hear the wind and you get to enjoy the scenery. And, um, that to me for the pure sense of flying is really enjoyable. Um, in terms of like, what would I say to combat F-22 hands down? It's just the most capable airplane out there. And yeah. I love the airplane. And one aircraft you would love to fly past or present? Oof. Uh, I'll, I'll answer in two different ways. Present and then past. Um, so present, I would love to fly an A-10. I think the A-10 is Oh, really? Awesome. Wow, okay. Oh, I love the A-10, yeah. I, you know, and, and um, my buddy who's the A-10 dial pilot, Gator, it. uh, it's it's funny because we have we – we have a lot of very similar perspectives on life. A lot of things like we like to be really good at one thing. Like I really like to be good at air to air. He likes to be really good at closer support and air to ground stuff. Um, and we like that. Like, I think it's just personality driven. You know, there's some people that want to do a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. and there's some people that want to focus to be really good at one thing. And and I'm on the ladder. Yeah. I'm in the ladder category. So, um, I've seen that, that airplane in school. Like it's just such a cool airplane. It's got a massive gun. It's just awesome. You know, like there's no frills. No frills, just a lot of just a lot of awesomeness. So uh, that airplane really cool to fly in terms of presence. Um, and then in terms of past airplanes, man, that's a tough one. Um, I guess you know, uh, man, I think I would probably pick. And I've already I've flown in a Mustang, so if I hadn't flown in a Mustang, I'd probably pick a Mustang because I think it's just mm-hmm. an incredibly, at least for for America, it's. You know, it's just such an iconic airplane. It's like um, a Spitfire, isn't it? Of course. It's like the Spitfire, yeah. You know, it's just like the Spitfire where it's just incredibly iconic. And, and yeah, in terms of Warbirds and classic airplanes, there are tons of Mustangs out there. There are probably tons of Spitfires out there. Yeah. So it's not, like it's, a, it's not like it's a rare airplane, yeah. but it's an iconic airplane, you know? And, and I think that's what, that's what makes it really special. Um, but I've, I've gotten a chance to fly that, which is really cool. I think just for, like, just the performance. I, I think it would do a SR-71. I think it'd be super cool to fly SR-71. I've heard that you a know. few times. Yeah, I think <laughs> I would pick that as well. It's an awesome well, plane. <laughs> no. yeah, it's, just, it's just so unique in terms of what its capabilities are. I think it'd be really, really cool to fly that airplane. Yeah, just having a sandwich at Mach 3. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> no big deal. Having a bite. Yeah. Yeah. So to wrap up, uh, Cabo, this has been a great interview. But where can we find you and the F-22 guys online? Yeah, uh, so we have a couple of different media pages uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at F22 Demo Team, all one word. Um, you can look us up on any of those platforms. And then I have a, like I said, I just have the one uh, social media page on Instagram, just at Cabo Gunderson. And uh, any of those places, you can you can find our content, you can find uh, resources, you can ask us whatever questions you have, and we're happy to answer uh, whatever follow-on questions you know your viewers uh, may happen to have as well. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Cabo. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear about your yeah. uh, Korean story so far. And yeah, I'm wishing you well for the future. But uh, yeah, thanks very much. Thanks so much. Pleasure talking with you. Cheers. Cheers.